Food City makes it easy to shop your way. Just pick up your groceries curbside or have them delivered directly to your home. So whether you need weekly groceries or just a quick meal, Food City's got you covered. From their doors to yours. All right, ladies and gentlemen, happy hump day. You're listening to the Eric Kane Show. The Eric Kane Show is brought to you by Food City. No one does food for the holidays like Food City. They're everywhere. Get to your local Food City and you can start uh, having that party planning. Maybe you need to have the perfect imported beer or domestic beer, wine. They have the vinery. They have the cheese platters, meat platters, handmade candies. They have so much right there for you at Food City. And today's going to be a fun show thanks to Axiom Wealth Management. We're out here at Claybo's Campground right here, Wears Valley Road, in Pigeon Forge. Just got to meet David uh, and talk to David for a while about everything they have going on here. Brian, I know you're out of town. I know you got to work, but you're missing out today. How are you, man? I'm doing well, you know, coming to you live from uh, Huntsville, Alabama, where tonight uh, the Lady Vols will take on Middle Tennessee State. Why did two Tennessee teams go to Huntsville to play a game? I'm not real sure, but uh, it has something to do with the conference tournament for, uh, for Conference USA is held in this building, and they wanted something to build interest in that, so we're here tonight, and uh, it should be fun. Uh, they're expecting a big crowd, which i didn't necessarily have on my bingo card, but they are expecting uh, several thousand tonight. So looking forward to it. And I uh, was able to do some scouting on the arena because it is the same arena where the Huntsville Havoc play. And uh, our own Joel Silverberg has uh, broadcast many a game from the perch that I will have tonight. Very cool. So looking forward to that. We'll preview that game coming up a little later on in the show. Uh, but you, uh, I'm sure, some beautiful views this morning as you were driving out uh, Where's Valley Road to uh, the campground. I mean, it's God's country out here, and it's absolutely beautiful. So they have the RV campgrounds with the brand-new setups, the, the concrete out here, the concrete setups. They have lazy river pools. Wow. Yeah, campgrounds. They, and they also have, like, rentals. So maybe you're like, oh, I don't have, a, I don't have an RV. You know, that there, Clark, is an RV. RV. If you don't have one of them. Well, you can still come out here to Claybo's Campground, and they have uh, they have rentals, cabins, tiny homes. I mean, they have a lot of different stuff here, and you're close to absolutely everything. Uh, so, and I was just talking to David about it, Brian. I mean, people, I said, you know, we live in Lenore City. You know, it's it's an hour. Do you get a lot of local? And he said, yeah, absolutely. Also, people come from everywhere. You know, they're coming here to spend time in this part of the country, this part of East Tennessee, and. And Claybo's Campground is definitely a, a spot that you want to make sure that you uh, take the time to come visit. And shout-out to Mark Pankratz and Axiom Wealth Management for helping us uh, tell the story of some local businesses in East Tennessee uh, this fall. Let's jump in and take a look at the game plan. It's laid out for you every day by Keith Powell Heating and Cooling, KeithPowellHVAC.com. Uh, locally owned, locally operated, your premier Linux dealer. Check them out, KeithPowellHVAC.com. Uh, Vol Hoops rolled along last night. We did see a little Dalton connect, and he scored 10 points, got in double figures, but uh, it was really about everybody else. Yeah, I mean, uh, Josiah Jordan James had a great game. And listen, that should be a feel-good game where you go out there and when you win by a bunch and you stay healthy and you get ready for Saturday, you got a big one, ranked matchup coming to the Food City Center, Thompson Bowling Arena. Absolutely. Uh, so more, uh, more on that game certainly we'll preview over the next uh, couple of days, but uh, Tennessee get gets back in the win column and uh, rolling on a little bit now. Uh, Middle Tennessee State has made reportedly its football hire, and it is not Tim Banks as many thought it may be. It is actually Derek Mason, the former Vanderbilt coach who spent the last year 
uh, as an SEC network analyst. I had been told that he was very happy doing that and wasn't looking to get back in coaching. And, well, I think he likes money. I mean, he's a good defensive coach. I mean, not, not a lot of shame that he couldn't get it done where he's been coaching. He was great. Didn't he come from Stanford? I believe he was the D.C. at Stanford, yeah, during was, the like, great forever. David Shaw run, yeah. Yeah, forever ago. I mean, I mean, he's, he, it's not like he forgot everything he knows about football. And listen, MTSU is a place that if you can recruit good enough players, then that alone you can compete with a lot of the teams that you're going to play. So uh, with his recruiting experience and coaching experience, eh, Derek Mason might be fine there. You know, I actually didn't hate him on TV. No, I think he was fine. He was fine. Yeah. He was fine. They, it's kind of like uh, at Vanderbilt. And by the way, we haven't talked about Vanderbilt because they're Vanderbilt. Have you seen their transfer portal? They've, they've lost like the whole team. They don't have a quarterback. Their top receivers are gone. I believe their top running backs in the portal. Like, they, they physically do not have football players right now. And their academic great, Bob. And their academic standards make it very difficult for them to take transfers. This uh, The portal is not going to be kind to the traditional academic schools like Vanderbilt. Stanford has a – Stanford's had a huge issue with – uh, extra year seniors because they can't get players that have already qualified a degree into grad school or into a second major uh, quick enough to keep them for that fifth year. It's uh, it's really something, and Vanderbilt's been hit hard by the transfer portal. And well, you Eric, I don't know about you, but you know you just hate to see it. You just hate to see it. Oh, poor Vandy. Yeah. Uh, did you watch uh, North Carolina UConn last night? I did not. It was, uh, as as we expected in the Jimmy V Classic, it was a really, really fun game between two top ten teams. So, uh, more on that one coming up. But, uh, yeah, a fun night last night at Madison Square Garden for that Jimmy V Classic uh, doubleheader. Uh, big topic Wednesday coming along at 10 o'clock. How soon should we expect Tennessee to be in the playoff? Let's Let's have a real conversation about, is it next year? Is it two years? What's the what should be the expectation, and at what point should you be excited and or disappointed if Tennessee is in slash out? We'll dive into that in it's the legit, o'clock hour. It's a legit conversation, and I think part part of the part of the conversation will will be about the quarterback play and the quarterback position because if you look at the teams that have uh, not not just the college football playoff teams. If we just take a look, and we're gonna, I'm, I'm going to do this to, to kind of look at this. When can we expect it? Look at the teams that have New Year's Six Bowl, te- New Year's Six Bowl teams, inclu- mm-hmm. including Liberty, Caden Salter. What does mm-hmm. Liberty have? Well, they have a great quarterback that plays great football. What does, what does Missouri have? What does Ole Miss have? What does Washington have? Right? There's other teams that have some other stuff. Why did Alabama do what Alabama did? Well, because their quarterback got great. You know, like mm-hmm. – so that's going to be part of the conversation. When's Tennessee going to be there? Well, I don't know. How, how fast can Nico be really, really good? It's mm-hmm. going to be part of the conversation. And how Tennessee performs at the wide receiver and tight end positions on the transfer portal could be a big part of that uh, as well. well. We'll dive into all that coming up in the 10 o'clock hour. Uh, we'll have our VFL and the NFL update. Uh, Juwan Jennings, did you – I know we didn't talk a ton of NFL on Monday because there was a lot of other things going on. Did you see the game that Juwan Jennings had on Saturday? Or, excuse Did, me, on Sunday? He, he, he was amazing. Did you see the best play he had? It looked He did to a guy in the National Football League 
what he used to do to guys in the Southeastern Conference. And listen, the SEC is the mini NFL. I get Mm -hmm. that. But it's still the National Football League. And he caught that ball on the sideline and just grabbed the dude. And he didn't stiff arm him. He physically tossed the DB into the sideline and then just kept running. That was, was. You don't see that a lot in the NFL. When you do that, you get to be the post-game interview on Fox, and that's what he was for that game. So more on uh, more on that performance coming up later on in the show as part of our VFL and the NFL update. Uh, Eric, at, coming up at 11 o'clock, I need to rescind something I said about the playoff because Desmond Howard and Michigan fans have – they're the absolute worst. They're the worst. I saw, you, I saw you tweet about it. And Listen, everybody. Look, we're, it, we're, it, we can talk about it, but I will just say this. Mm-hmm. A lot of what he said, yeah, I'm with you. Oh, uh, yeah. it's The Paul Feinbaum stuff, uh, I tend to agree with him on Yeah, so see, we, I completely disagree. He, oh, it, that'll like, be fun then. This whole thing has, the last four days, has put me in such an awkward position because I agree with Alabama and I I'm siding with Paul Feinbaum. Like this is I'm I'm actually mad at how Florida that State and more Michigan. Like, that sounds more like a personal problem. Well, I, I know I'm I mean it's it's directly related to the behavior of of Michigan State or Michigan and Florida State fans and media and like like. Ugh. But we can we can we we can morph that conversation yeah. too into the Pat McAfee Georgia stuff because there's a lot there too. I haven't seen what he said about Georgia. Oh, I can't wait to tell you then. Yeah, Pat McAfee is a cartoon character, so I don't take anything he says seriously because I don't think oh. he. See, here's the difference. I think Danny Cannell, famous FSU alum, who's on got a serious XM show every day. I think he believes what he says every day. I think Paul Feinbaum believes what he says every day. Desmond Howard says enough dumb things that you know he believes what he says. I don't think Pat McAfee believes what he says. I think he just says whatever gets the YouTube clip that gets the most widely shared, which is not what is a smart business plan if you're him. I just don't have a lot of respect for it because I don't think it's real. I think it's fake. When you hear why he did – okay, I'll tell you this. Did okay. you see how he picked Alabama in on game day? No, he I got didn't. all the, he got all the Georgia fans. He sang their stupid chant where another drunk rowdy Georgia fan, whatever, and they all thought he was going to pick him. And then he slammed his fist down and said Alabama, and mm. it devastated all. It was hilarious. I mean, Susan oh, and I good. were watching. We actually yeah. laughed out loud. It was hilarious, and he explained why he did it. He said some things that, that some McAfee things that he shouldn't have said afterwards. But I understood why he did it. It's the whole f- fan base hating media thing. Mm. You're, there's a it's lot dumb. of examples of it right now. Yeah, and it's dumb. Nobody, it, people need to stop taking it personally. People have opinions on how your football team played. That's not a reason to just go crazy. But, or hey, why maybe, your stadium hasn't been loud. Yeah, maybe some of our fans get mad at me. That's fine. I'm a big boy. I can take it. It's what we're paid for. If you get into this business to be liked, you've already failed. We will come back. Uh, that is the game plan. It's laid out for you every day by Keith Powell Heating and Cooling, Keith Powell. HVAC.com. We are coming to you live from Claybo Campground in Pigeon Forge, 405 Wears Valley Road. We're here today thanks to Axiom Wealth Management. We'll tell you more about Claybo Campground and Axiom as we go along this morning on the Eric Ains Show on 99.1 The Sports Animal. 
Life here at Claybow Campground in Pigeon Forge, 405 Wares Valley Road. So many different things. Amenities galore right here at Claybow Campground. We're here today thanks to our good friend Mark Pankratz and his team at Axiom Wealth Management. We'll continue to tell you all about what they can do for your personal finance. It's all about planning with Axiom, right? That's how you stay ahead of it. you got to plan. The planners, game plan. That's Mark Pankratz, an old basketball coach, and they put that into effect uh, with their people and their local businesses that they work with right here in town so uh tennessee takes down george mason last night that's pretty uh pretty good team to get back on the win track against uh george mason's kind of team that probably won its conference probably making it ncaa tournament uh, a win that helps your uh, rpi at the end of the year 87 66 the final last night uh, Jonas Adu, 15, or excuse me, 17 points. Josiah Jordan James, 15. Uh, big night for both of them. Yeah, I mean, and, and listen, you, you did what you're supposed to do. You're playing George Mason and you're playing him at home and you get some other guys uh, to get some good looks and confidence. I think it's big in games like that. And I don't, I don't, I mean, football, basketball, baseball with a middle reliever, you know, a backup shortstop. I mean, when you have opportunities to get guys in, and, and and some of your other guys that maybe don't always lead the box score, like an Adu or a James, to get those confidence games to really be feeling good. Because you need Adu and Josiah Jordan-James to be playing their best football, I mean best basketball, in games like literally this weekend. Uh, you need those guys to be confident, playing good. So it's nice when you, when you play games like that against a George Mason, and that happens. That's a good thing for the team. I'm not worried about – coming off an ankle injury, connect having 10 points. I mean, I'm just glad he was good. felt good enough to be out there and play. Yeah, uh, Dalton Connect, uh, as you mentioned, scores 10. Uh, you got Freddie DeLeon back. Uh, he scored three points, one of four shooting on the night. Uh, Tobey Awaka was back after the ankle deal that he's been dealing with, 11.7 rebounds, so good night for him. Uh, Justin Ganey only scores seven points, three of 10 from the field, a tough night shooting for him, but everybody else was able to pick up the slack there. Uh, does it concern you at all that Jemai Meshek was held scoreless, did have four rebounds, only played 14 minutes? No, he only played 14 minutes, and he's not looking to score. I think he's going to be a guy that's going to randomly – he's always going to play good defense. He'll hit the glass. He's an effort and an energy guy. I don't think that's really ever in question. And so you also go into the game not really expecting it. Like, if you're playing a big game – and you're expecting to get, what, minimum 15 from Connect, maybe 20, 25 against a real good team, and, and you only get nine, that hurts yeah. you. But yeah. you don't go into the game expecting Jemai Meshack to score 17 points. So if he gets 12, you're like, okay, how about that? That's nice. Honestly, with, 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 with Santi right now, you're not going into the game expecting him to go nuts. It's just it's really hard for him to get his shot, and, and teams kind of have figured him out at this point. So – but if he, he'll have games like he did, I forget which game it was against uh, one of the top five teams we just played, he had 20, 21 points. If you get that out of those guys, then you're like, hey, we're, then we're sitting pretty good. It's the, uh, on, it's the guys that have been a little more consistent. You need to get it from those guys. Otherwise, you're in that who's going to have, you know, who's going to score tonight. And that's just not a great position to be in. Uh, good night, uh, as we mentioned, for Josiah Jordan-James. Good to see him. Uh, comfortable 15 points, 6 of 9 shooting, 6 rebounds, 6 assists. Tennessee was passing the ball around very well last night. 27 assists on 32 field goals. No, they did a, they did a good job. They did what yeah. they were supposed to do. Yeah, out-rebounded George Mason, 43-27. Uh, and 
allowed George Mason, Eric, to have just four offensive rebounds and two second-chance points. George Mason one and done pretty much every time down the court. That's the kind of effort that you need here over the next few games as you, as you start to get ready for SEC play. Awesome. Good for them. I mean, I think here's the thing. This weekend will tell us a little bit more. Why? Because you, know, you, went, you played North Carolina on the road, right? Mm-hmm. And they're a good team. Yep. You played two f- top five teams within, what, 24 hours? Less than 24 hours? Mm-hmm. So how good is this team if you just like, well, they lost all three of those games? I don't think it's as simple as saying, well, then they're not that good. Well, no. I mean, someone has to win the games. You played them tough. Um, North Carolina again got away from you, showed you how good Dalton Connect can be. You fought, you battled. I think the game against Illinois this weekend probably shows you a little bit more right now of where this team is. Are we top 25? Are we top 15? Are we top 10? I think you'll learn a little bit this weekend. It's a home game. That that helps. And uh, Illinois is a good team. Uh, they are. And, again, I mentioned it yesterday. you got to pack uh, the Food City Center on Saturday. Um, there will be, obviously, a very important game. But also, uh, Tennessee football is going to have a lot of transfer guys and recruits around to view the atmosphere as well. But uh, still a few tickets remain for that one. Uh, so go ahead and sell out the Food City Center for Tennessee and Illinois on Saturday. Uh, and you can get your tickets now at allfalls.com. Pack the arena and make it a make it a fun environment for the kids to play in and for uh, future Vols to see. Uh, we will come back, 865-656-9900, if you want to join us. Uh, Middle Tennessee State has its new coach. The coaching carousel continues to spin. More on that next on the Eric Gaines Show, 99.1, the Sports Animal. The 17th-ranked Tennessee Volunteers took down the George Mason Patriots last night at the Food City Center, winning 87-66. Jonas Adu led the way, scoring 17 points. Josiah Jordan-James, 15 points, 6 rebounds, 6 assists. Balls improved to 5-3 and three on the year and square off against number 20 Illinois, noon Eastern, Saturday on CBS. Tennessee star edge rusher James Pierce Jr. was named first-team All-SEC yesterday, the only vol on either the first or second team. The six foot five sophomore out of Charlotte had eight and a half sacks on the season for the Big Orange. MTSU is expected to hire former Vanderbilt head coach Derek Mason as their next head football coach. Mason compiled a record of 27-55 and 55 in seven seasons over in Nashville. Mason served as the D.C. for Auburn in 2021 and held the same position for Oklahoma State in 2022. He spent this past season as a TV analyst for the SEC Network. More EA Show with Brian Rice is on the way next. Stay warm on this chilly Wednesday morning. I'm Tommy Sweat. What companies deserve your hard-earned dollar? Which would you want to work for? How can you know if they share your values? Just ask us. Just Capital is a nonprofit that tracks who really means business in supporting workers, customers, communities, the environment, and shareholders. We measure progress track success and help them be better when you see the just capital seal you know what's real because just business is better business visit justcapital.com to learn who makes your dollar count every week michael rosenbaum is getting deep with someone new on the inside of you podcast let's get inside of shelly hennick so obliterated is on netflix mm-hmm. i had the best time and That's it was great. challenging but it was like the show that doesn't runners. always happen everybody's trying to make a show and you're this not was a dream. it's no fun genuinely and if it beautiful. wasn't i would just keep my mouth shut and talk about something else like yeah, it like, was hey it was fine because yes. i've done that i've asked people and they're like you know yeah inside of you with michael rosenbaum wherever you listen
Live at Claybo Campground right here in Pigeon Forge, just off Wares Valley Road. Thanks to Axiom Wealth Management. We're going to catch up with David Russell here from Claybo Campground here in a little bit. And we'll catch up with Mark Pankratz later in the show as well. And as always, the Eric Kane Show is brought to you by Food State. If you want to join us, hit us up, 865-656-9900. Call or text. Before we get to the coaching carousel, let me answer this one. This is from Devin. He said, Eric, can you explain what makes Iowa's defense as good as it is uh, comparable to a defense SEC like Alabama? Love the show. Well, here's the thing. Alabama has dynamic athletes at every position. Iowa has some. What Iowa does is if they can get to you, touch you, they tackle you. They're probably one of the best tackling teams in the country. It'll hurt your heart a little bit watching – watching our defense play at times, and a lot of college football teams play, when you watch how Iowa rallies, gang tackles, keeps it in front of them, um, I did a little digging. Brian, question mm-hmm. for you. Okay. And because you know I'm asking, mm-hmm. you probably know the answer is ridiculous, but how many run plays in 13 games? Iowa's played 13 games, mm-hmm. 10 and 3, lost the Big Ten Championship. How many running plays of over 20 yards do you think they've given up in 13 games? I mean, 13 full games – it's just a running play. Quarterback, running back, doesn't matter. Um, it's like four. One. One, okay. One. I thought they had two on Saturday. But I knew going into the Big Ten Championship game, it was, it was a one They've or two. Only, so that's I, wild. I believe that's wild. that. I believe that number for, like, overall plays is that. 20-yard plays or more, just, just runner pass, they're first in the country. They've given up the fewest. 30-yard plays or more, first in the country. 40-yard plays or more, third. But I'm just saying, that's like what makes them different, Devin. They keep you in front. They don't give up big plays. And when they get to you, they tackle you. So you got you to gotta earn everything you get against those guys. All right. They allowed, they allowed uh, – I mean, it's remarkable. Last year, in 2022, they allowed four rushing touchdowns all season. This year, in 2023, they allowed – Four rushing touchdowns all year, and two of them came against Michigan last week. 13 games, four rushing touchdowns. Yeah, and two of them just came against the number one team in the country. In two years, they've allowed eight rushing touchdowns. Do you want to feel bad about our offense real quick? Okay. What is one of our the things we struggled with on offense the most? It's a red zone, right? Mm-hmm. Red zone offense for Tennessee this year, not great. you got a quarterback that's not, not bad, makes some, does some really good things, but he's not a playmaker, and you don't have just stud receivers that you can just throw up those 50-50 balls to. It made the red zone touchdowns hard. Um, in the red zone, they are one of the very, 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 very best teams in the entire country. Mm-hmm. They give up, I believe, their first in touchdown percentage, which is well. just not great. They've allowed 14 offensive touchdowns all year. They did allow a, a special teams and a, I think a defensive score earlier this year, but in uh, Second, more than I'm sorry. more than half their games, they allowed zero or one offensive touchdown. They allowed one offensive touchdown against Utah State, one against Iowa State, one against Western Michigan, four against Penn State. Zero against Michigan State. Two against Purdue, one passing, one rushing. Zero against Wisconsin. Zero against Minnesota. One against Northwestern. Zero against Rutgers. One against Illinois. One against Nebraska. And then two against Michigan. 
They give up a touchdown in the red zone less than 40% of the time. Yeah, and you never get get there. So it's crazy. The takeaway from this is unless they have just a quit lay down performance in the in the bowl game which I don't think they will this is going to be a difficult game for Tennessee to score a bunch of points in Definitely. which which begs the question how does the defense perform against an Iowa offense that is not very good because we've made some offenses that weren't great look incredible um that's going to be a concern. I think the I think the predictions and the lines and everything. I think Vegas has it right. I think Tennessee's going to win, and I think they're going to win. But it's going to be a one score game, and that that brings up a lot of questions in bowl season about well how you get there. So those are going to be interesting things to watch over the next few weeks as we get ready for this one. Uh, but that the a touchdown and some field goals. Yeah, I mean, because, thirteen might win it. 16, 16 should win it. I mean, I don't, I don't see them scoring two. This, you know, we play these teams all year long, and you're like, well, we got to get thirty. First team to thirty wins. You know, Georgia, we got to get those three. You know, hold them to less than three touchdowns. Get your three. Kick some field goal. Like working your way backwards from that. You could win this game if the defense plays well, if you can just make all your field goals. West Co- or uh, Iowa has not scored more than twenty two points since scoring 26 against Michigan State on September 30th. They scored 26 there. They scored 41 against Western Michigan, 24 against Utah State. Those are the only times all year they've scored more than 22. So you're going to have an opportunity to hold them, but you're going to have to find a way to score some points against a team that doesn't allow points. So, But it's a good question. It's They're tough, and they slow things down and, and all of that. Old school. They are. Uh, Jim from the text box. Did John Campbell come back in, packed the Jordan Seaton recruitment? Is Mincy coming back? Seaton's a tackle. Wouldn't think he'd want to come in to sit on the bench all year. I I don't know that anything affects that announcement. I think when you're talking about the number one tackle prospect in the country, he's not letting anybody's announcement factor in where he goes to school because I think he's going to beat out. He's going to be a tackle on the offensive line of whatever school he commits to tomorrow. So, no, I, it doesn't affect it in any way, in, in my opinion. And Catching this, up with this some people who recover recruiting more than I do, they, they agree with that. This isn't a slight to Gerald Mincy, but if you put, if you put Seton and Mincy next to each other in a uniform, like you can pull up the picture of, of, of uh, Seton in his uh, Tennessee uniform that everyone uses when they talk about him. If you put the two of them next to each other, you would think Mincy was the high school prospect and Seton was the senior in college. Yeah, he's, he's Just ridiculous. physically, just looking at them, Seton already looks like a junior or senior draft pick ready to come out of, out of college football. That dude is what you think of when you look at some of these other teams that get you know, these five-star tackles. It was, what Trey Smith, it was Trey Smith when he came in. You looked at him and you went, there's no way that guy's not draft eligible. We had one when I played here. His name was Aaron Sears. There's no way that guy's not draft eligible. Yeah. Like, Seton looks like that. I'm not telling you that he's going to be an All-American as a freshman and the first, a first – who knows what, what his career does. But just looking at him, he already looks 
like the guy that should be draft eligible. He's a freak. Indeed he is. It'll be uh it'll be something. Uh Grant on my uh on my thoughts on the playoffs earlier says this quote, I still like you, Brian. Question on paper, who do you think are the best four college football teams? Vegas odds, neutral site. Eric, if I had to pick who should make the playoff based solely on, you know, there's no repercussions. I'm not supposed to value conference championships, any of that. I'm top four. I'm going to pick Alabama, Georgia, Washington, and and uh, Michigan. I don't, I don't think it's, I mean, uh, there are probably some other people that are in the conversation there, but I think, I think if, if you let Vegas pick it, Georgia's a favorite over Texas. Georgia's a favorite over Washington. Georgia's a favorite over Michigan. Georgia's a favorite over Florida State. So they're in my top four. I don't like that. I don't want them to win. I'm glad they got left out. But I think they're they're. I said it yesterday. I think they're more deserving than they have a better argument that they were left out than Florida State does. But uh, so th- those would be my four. Who are your four? If if it's neutral site, you don't have to factor anything. You don't have to deal with the repercussions. You just pick the four best teams. Who you got? I struggle with Washington and Texas. Okay. Um, I believe Texas is favored in that game, aren't they? I believe so. I believe by four. So it's kind of hard for me to – so, like, if you're his, – his question is neutral site and Vegas odds. Well, Vegas is telling you they think Texas is the better team. Um I don't know if I think Texas is better. I might lean Washington, but I, that's the hard one. I think Georgia, Michigan, and Alabama are the first three that I, I wrote. It, I wrote it down. You started posing the question. I wrote Georgia, Michigan, Alabama. Yeah, I think, those and actually clear. in that order. Yeah. Um, it's just as far as like who I think the best team is playing right now. Not necessarily just in week one or week four, but. People get upset about that, but, man, that's, that's all of sports. It's about peaking at the right time. You play all year to put yourself in a position to be playing your best. It's like you can't lose your first 25 games in basketball and then decide you're the number one team in the country. Well, you won't get in the tournament. Mm-hmm. You have to win enough and look good enough long enough that you peak at the right time, you get playing your best, everything's working in unison together, and then you go win a championship. It happens in every major sport, every professional sport. That is quote playoff athletics and i think currently playing the best football is georgia michigan and alabama i don't know between washington and texas that one would be really hard for me uh i probably i think texas might be the better football team top to bottom but it's really hard to pick against Penix uh and those receivers in big moments they've kind of shown up every single game this year including the pac-12 championship they've defeated four or excuse me, four top 25 teams in five games. Oregon twice. Um, they One of those games was on the road at USC, at Oregon State, home games against Utah and Oregon, and then a neutral site game against Oregon. Won by those games by an average of five. Um, and you know, the, you know the fun thing about that? Okay, I'll give you my answer. It's Georgia, okay. Michigan, Alabama, and Texas. Okay. If I had to pick, I would pick them. But okay. you know what? Washington is good enough to beat any of those teams. Yes, they are. So, again, you got more teams where, you know, we say, like, we got B in the text box. B says Texas is better than Washington. Well, maybe. By what? The smallest, tiniest percentage margin point ever? Maybe you have to pick, right? 
Yep. You, it's like you have to pick one. You can't say tie. If I do that, I, I pick Texas, but literally by a fraction of a point. And they so are going the to margin settle that one so on the close. field here in a month. Yeah, the margin is so close. Yeah. So, and that's why the whole Florida State discussion for me, and I've sounded the way I have, because if you, if you pose this question to me, they're not even in the discussion to me, particularly without Jordan Travis. They're not in the discussion. Washington, I think, is better than they are. Texas is clearly better than they are. Georgia's better than they are. Alabama's better than they are. So the the conversation for me puts Georgia back in play rather than than Florida State. But it's a good question. I appreciate uh, appreciate you bringing it to the text box. So we will come back. Final segment of this opening hour of the Air Cane Show straight ahead. 865-656-9900. You can call us. You can text us. As uh, we continue to talk college football next uh, from Claybo's Campground, Sierra Kane Show, 99.1 The Sports Animal. Stacking Benjamins with Joe and his good friend OG not only has great financial insight, it's laid back with humor too. The quiet luxury trend is out and loud budgeting is in. Are we tired of the pet names? Yeah, because I'm loud and obnoxious, so this fits right in with me. I'm like, yes, finally budgeting for me. (laughs) I get to walk into a restaurant and go, I'm cheap as hell, and you're not getting a tip. Live from Doug's Budget. (laughs) Find out more by searching the Stacking Benjamins podcast wherever you listen. Thanks to Axiom Wealth Management. We're out here in Pigeon Forge today, 405 Wears Valley Road at Claybo Campground. Amenities galore, lazy river, pools. They have concrete RV. They have RV parking. They have cabin rentals. They have cottages, tiny houses, something for everybody right out here. If you want to be out in this area, if you're streaming us right now, you don't have to live here to take advantage of of David Russell and everybody over here that they have going on. All you got to do when you want to plan that trip to come into town, hit them up, get on the website, book your spot, and come check out what they have going on here, right here at Claybo Campground. 865-656-9900 if you want to join us. Uh, this from the text box, Brian, have you had a chance to digest the ramifications of the new NCAA proposal to pay athletes? My first response was bye-bye Vandy. Um, I, I think the interesting thing about that is, and Eric, I don't know how much of it you read yesterday, but it was the biggest story in sports yesterday. The NCAA has... Uh, proposed creating a separate uh, subdivision of uh, FBS football for programs that will basically have a trust fund to pay their athletes and have the ability to pay athletes directly for their NIL and not make it go through a third party. I mean, did you, did you take a look at that whole? Yeah, proposal? but I, I guess my my question is: is it all and I is it all the same for all the athletes? Uh, it could be. Now, that's my biggest question with it is, I mean, is it you're a D1 athlete playing at this level, therefore you get paid this much money? Or is it still you're the starting quarterback with a $1.4 million uh, transfer portal value that everybody wants that they're going to pay more to? Um, well, you're still going to be able to make NIL money, which will govern that. I think this is a basic... 
here's how much everybody's making. And they, I think because the schools would be able to also pay to use NIL, you know, you're going to – now if you want your quarterback to be on your season ticket commercial, you're going to have to pay him. And that would be above and beyond. I mean, it's just a lot. It's it's more. I mean, what do they currently give them? It's like six grand they can provide, right? Fifty nine eighty or something like that. Yeah. yeah. For academic awards, yeah. So I mean, I mean, it would be it would be more money. I don't know. I don't have a I don't have a problem, and I know you don't. In a vacuum with college football players making money, I, they bring in a ton of money. Mm-hmm. We sit here on the radio and talk about them all the time. We're about we've been talking about a high school kid five-star offensive tackle for what how long now and yesterday we just talked about him today i mean they have value a lot of value and the good ones have a ton of value um so i don't know i don't have a problem with i don't have a problem with them making money i guess my question from it yesterday would be okay that's the, that's this step well what's mm-hmm. the takeaway from that what happens what's the what's the trickle down effect if you do that well, I think the trickle-down effect is there are a whole bunch of schools that won't be playing major sports at this level anymore because you will have to give it. Here, Here's where I see it. And I, I was talking to a buddy of mine that does some contract law work uh, yesterday. He thinks this is 100% about the NIL lawsuit in the state of Oregon where athletes there are suing the university under Title IX because – NIL money is overwhelmingly going to male athletes. Well, the school's argument is we're not involved in it. So why we, why should we be able to regulate it? And I think they're worried that the court is going to rule these collectives are associated enough with your university that they need to be under your purview, and if they're not handing out money equitably, that's a Title IX violation on you. That's a terrifying thing for schools because right now you can't tell the booster club or, or Spire that they have to give any athletes any percentage of money. They could give it 100% to football players right now. They could give it 100% to women's basketball players right now. But if the courts rule that the school is liable for that, that's an untenable situation. So I, I think – in talking to him and talking to some other people in the industry, I think they got some some legal advice that the long-term ramifications of that lawsuit are way worse than anybody thinks they're going to be. So they've tried to quickly come up with this system that would put it in the hands of schools. And then that's that makes college sports even more of a minor league pro sports than it already is. And a lot of people are not going to like that. I don't know that I necessarily, I you know, I like NIL just fine. I don't know that I want the student athletes to become employees that the only stipulation on their employment is that they go attend classes because then you're only a half step from they don't have to go to class anymore, and then it's really not college sports. It's just younger pro sports. So there's a lot of different directions it can take. I'm interested to see what the next few moves are. Uh, in this in this space because there's a lot of uncertainty out there in the industry right now most of the thoughts that i have about what you just said will probably just get me in trouble and get people mad at me so i'm going to keep my thoughts to myself um a college football player and a popular one is worth a lot more money than even am i going to make it a male female title nine thing than the backup shortstop Mm -hmm. on the baseball team right or anybody else on campus Right. 
So it should be going to those guys. That's how the right. world works. That's but just, an, it's not just but college. In, but in an uh, educational setting, legally, okay. that can't happen. And so your options are to take it out of an educational setting and make it minor league sports or try to get some congressional action because, uh, I mean, you, you're you not necessarily wrong, but in the legal framework of working on a college campus, that's not legal. No, like I said, I will keep most of my thoughts on that to myself. Okay. Well, it's, I mean. I hope the, the, the courts don't do that. Here's here's the thing. It's not a one side or the other. When this was put in front of the Supreme Court, it was the first 9-0 decision that they've had in like six years. And that's that's where schools and the NCAA are in a in a tough spot because the the most divided Supreme Court in history has said, y'all are wrong with this and you're so wrong about it, we, even all of us agree. And so, yeah, I, I think I think the college sports model is is based on that information in trouble because there's not a way to comply with the law and to do what there's what we want to do unless there's some congressional action on. I don't think that's coming. I think that's. I just. Theory. I wish it was more. I wish I, this is not going to happen. I wish it worked more like the rest of the world. And if you look at the money that the football team brought in versus the other team brought in, just split it up that way and do a percentage of revenue. These, this sport brings in this, so that much is going to get shared there, and this sport brings in this much. Half of them cost money. Unfortunately, that's not legal. We'll come yeah, back uh, two that's more hours I won't to go anything. on the Eric Haines Show on the 99.1 The Sports Animal. The Ed Milet Show showcases the greatest peak performers sharing their journey, knowledge, and thought leadership. Sebastian Maniscalco. I'm a comedian. In my 20s, I wasn't, like, in a company. And I don't know, like, how marketing, sales. Yeah, you're a brand. You're a company. Yeah. And like Jay-Z says, I'm a businessman. Yeah. Yeah. To that. Remind me not to quote any hip-hop lyrics again. That was just a big miss. <laughs> when you first said it, I'm like, yeah, he's a businessman. Yeah, I nailed it at the end. I pulled it together. It just took me a minute. The Ed Milet Show is available on YouTube or wherever you listen.